Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. Pastor Scott here with Spencer Bauer. I was going to say Stephanie Bauer, and that wasn't it. Nope. Stephanie Tokos <laughs> and Spencer Bauer. Yes, that's correct. We are here. Yes. Um, excited to talk with you guys today. Thanks so much for the time. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's good to be back. So um, you, if you've been here any amount of time, you're probably familiar with both Spencer and Stephanie, but I also know there's a lot of new people and want to introduce you in that sense to those that may not know who who you are. So Spencer and Steph both are some of our member partners, which we are members of our church that are also ministry partners serving in a parachurch context. Um, they are both working on and, and with students across Los Angeles in different ministries at different mm-hmm. places. Um, we have a in addition, Spencer, you and your wife, Sarah. We got lots of S's here. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, I think we this is part of why Scott, I throw me on Spencer, Spencer Steph, Steph, Sarah. Sarah. Yep. So, Sarah, where are you? <laughs> so um, Spencer and Sarah serve together. Uh, we also have the Jeff and Emily Pauls who serve with Destino. Um, they are they are actually a part of the church plant in um, Shalom, but, and they've been off campus for the last couple of months, just with paternity and maternity leave. Excited for them. Excited yeah, for what's excited going for on there. Um, so some of you also remember uh, Jason Aaron Jew, who are serving on university campus at the University of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, super thankful for them. But both of you are serving here in LA on different campuses in different ways in LA. Um, especially after the last couple of years, it's kind of an interesting re- <laughs> moment. And so I want to, I want to get yeah. into that in what ministry on campus looks like, uh, particularly this year, but will, will you each just remind us of where you're serving, maybe how long you've been there and the kind of ministry you're doing? <laughs> I got the green light. Um, <laughs> I am serving at Cal state long beach. So not quite LA. Um, I do live in LA. So um, Cal State Long Beach, and I've is been. That a, I'm sorry. Is that like a big like for people that live in Long Beach? Is it important to them that it's not LA? You know, it's still <laughs> LA County. Yeah, so I yeah. think uh, some people do like try to not be associated with LA. Uh huh. Um, but I think it's funny because it's still LA County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're not quite Orange County, no. and you're not quite LA. So you're more in the middle. But you want to associate more with Orange County, I think. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry if there are people from. <laughs> yeah. People in Long um, Beach are like, what? Yeah. It's yeah. South Bay, man. Yeah. It's, it's like good middle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I'm sorry. So no. you're, you're serving at uh, Cal State Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Cal State Long Beach with the Navigators. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been there now for, this is the start of my third year. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of crazy that it's gone by so fast. Yeah. Well, yeah. quite a three years. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> quite an interesting first three years mm-hmm. in a location. Yep. Yeah, um, no kidding. Yeah. So did you start at the beginning, like in August of three years ago? August 2020. 29. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we honestly, me and I didn't realize that me and Sarah and Steph all started on campus the same semester. You were just yeah. at the beginning. We, we came in November. Okay. So yeah. okay. we're almost at three. Years. <laughs> yeah. All right. And so where are you at? Yeah. So... My wife, Sarah, and I uh, help lead Bridges LA, which is the International Student Ministry of Crew or Campus Crusade, Mm -hmm. um, serving students primarily at UCLA and USC and also a little bit at Long Beach State, actually. Nice. One of our teammates works down there and 
Um, yeah, so we've been here almost three years. It'll be three years next month. Okay. Okay. So what what led? I mean, I'd love to get even just a little bit of your background because I know that this isn't um, these where you are now for either of you isn't like the first step in ministry. This isn't like your kind of first ministry context. And so what, what led you to want to work on a university campus? And then what led you to the campuses you're working at now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. I just got the green light back, which was the, uh, which is the point. The finger point. That was That's the green right. light from earlier that I gave Steph. So. Uh, this is a little bit behind the scenes, you know. Right. We're just bringing you in, the listener, <laughs> to, to, this, uh, to this well-polished right You're only hearing us. Here. Yeah. 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 It's, all, it's a bunch of points yeah. and nods. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, my, um, I think it really just goes back for me because of how God used my time in college my own spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. I mean, college was, I grew up going to church, um, but I didn't know how to be a spiritual leader until I got to college and mm. um, what it actually looks like to share my faith, to share the gospel and to be a spiritual leader. Um, man, and honestly, I can't really think of many things that have kickstarted spiritual growth in my life more than evangelism, mm. being able to share the gospel and be in conversations with people who uh, may have heard it before, grown up with it or not at all, but um, and, and even irregardless of, you know, or regardless of how, um, the person you're talking to responds to the gospel, just the practice for yourself of rehearsing the gospel and speaking mm-hmm. out loud is, is such a, an impactful thing. And, um, college is also where God, um, expanded my, my world vision and my understanding of, of God's heart for the world. Um, if I could share a quick story, my, my sophomore year, I was living in the dorms, but I didn't have a roommate. And so the university just gave me a random one. And uh, being in Kansas, I figured it'd be a guy from like Kansas City, you know, uh-huh. a guy that looked like me, talked like me, you know, just a white guy from Kansas or from Kansas City. And uh, it turned out to be an international student from China. Mm. And uh, that was just so completely off my grid. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I had never been to China. I didn't really know anything about China besides that it was really big and really far away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was... That was about it. Yeah. And, uh, but me and his name was, um, Musin and, um, we quickly became good friends and we did everything together. And, uh, about a month in or so I was going to church and he was asking where I was going. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to church. And he's like, church, what's church. Mm-hmm. I've, and I realized that my friend Musin had never been to church before in his entire life. He had never read the Bible. He, in it just like blew me away because I grew up in church. I grew up here and Jesus died for my sins every Sunday. And yet now I was living with a guy who literally had to cross an ocean mm-hmm. and be randomly put as my roommate for, you know, me to be able to share the gospel with him for the first time. Yeah. And, uh, and, and just seeing Musin face to face and, and seeing it verse after verse in the Bible that God has, has a, a, a missionary heart. He has an outward heart. He wants people to know him. And uh, it just changed the trajectory of my life to, to, to meet somebody who had never heard the gospel before. Mm. Yeah. What, what a, what a uh, providential yeah. placement, right? Like just, <laughs> yeah. you, you had no idea that not only was that not what you expected, right? But going to shape 
the direction yeah. of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And it was kind of an uncommon thing because, mm. uh, you know, most of the time the university did pair Americans with other Americans yeah. and yeah. international students with other international students from that country. And so, um, yeah, just God put mm. him in my path and <laughs> my life hasn't looked the same since. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so, um, that's cool. Yeah, and then uh, after me and Sarah graduated from K-State, we both, both joined staff with the traveling team, which is um, a different ministry than what we're on staff with now, which is what Scott was kind of alluding to. Um, and that's actually where me and Sarah met, even though we went to the same undergrad. Um, we didn't really know each other until that time. But the traveling team was mission mobilization, so we basically traveled full-time talking about God's heart for the world and um missions and, and helping people get involved with that. And uh, after living out of a suitcase for four years, we were ready <laughs> We were ready to uh, not be guests, but be hosts finally and <laughs> unpack the suitcase and have drawers. And, and, um, and we felt like God was calling us to welcome international students. Mm-hmm. And Bridges has been uh, a great vehicle for us to do what, feel like, what we feel like God's called us to. And yeah. LA is such a strategic place where... You have literally over 35,000 international students. Mostly, Most of them are from some of the least Christian places on earth, and they're right here in our city where there's also lots of Christians and great churches. Yeah. And um, it was just a really exciting opportunity to step into, which yeah. L.A. is very different from Kansas. Yeah, It's a very different opportunity. <laughs> but um, and even three years in, I, I, I'm still learning new things uh-huh. about this city yeah. that we love. For sure. For sure. That's really cool. <laughs> so uh, what about you, Steph? What what yeah. brought you to work on a university campus and and to Cal State Long Beach? Mm-hmm. I feel like if you ask most college ministry workers, we'll say college was a pivotal point in our life. Mm. Um, there's something significant about it. Uh, I know, Spencer, you mentioned that. And it's not very different for me where... I grew up Catholic and just a few years before going to college, we started going to a Christian church. Um, But my understanding of the gospel and grace and God's love was shaped really primarily in my time at UC Davis. Um, As a transfer student, I was going up there by myself, leaving my family for the first time. Um, And so I was really desiring a community that was going to help me grow in my faith mostly because I was kind of scared that if I wasn't in a community that was going to help me grow in my faith, I was going to walk away from it. Um, And as the Lord would have it, I received a scholarship that required me to have a mentor where I was going. And so I'm standing in the middle of my apartment and I get a phone call from this lady named Robin who worked with the Navigators And she just said, come out. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to have this place for you. Um, I said yes, because it was an awkward phone call and I wanted to get (laughs) off the phone. (laughs) The obligatory Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. But my responsibility is just like, well, you said yes, now you have to go. (laughs) Um, And that just changed the whole trajectory of like, even just like I wasn't, I went to Davis to study chemistry. um, and like it now became about growing in my relationship with the Lord and understanding more about his love and his grace for me. Um, And they gave me plenty of opportunities to um, do that via discipleship um, and just have someone who's asking me questions every week. 
And so because that was such a like shaping moment for me, I think really desiring, okay, God, like I, I can give up two years of my life to do this with other college students. Um, two years has now turned into seven. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cause when I graduated, um, they actually did send me to UCLA it was my first like yeah. formal context, uh, working in ministry. Um, and so I was at UCLA and then a couple, three other places before coming back to LA and going to Cal State Long Beach. Mm. Um, and so now I get to meet with women one-on-one and help disciple them and ask very similar questions like, what is a gospel? What does it mean to you? Um, but how do you grow deeper in your faith? How does, how does this actually like impact you for a lifetime more than just, oh yeah, like Jesus is the answer to that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's been really sweet. So you, you mentioned you were a transfer student. Mm-hmm. Did, how, how long were you at Davis? I was only at Davis for two years. You were only, you were only at Davis mm-hmm. for two years. Yeah. I mean, this is what, so you said that. That's what it's I was imagining, right? It's a big two <laughs> That's awesome. But I think to me, it underscores the unique opportunity and the power of doing university mm-hmm. ministry, mm-hmm. right? These are such uh, pivotal, transformative moments in uh, people's lives. I, I think a lot of us have experienced that. Yeah. Uh, my faith solidified in a... And the Lord radically changed my life my sophomore year in college. Mm-hmm. Like that's absolutely a part of my story. And and it's not everybody's story, right? There's lots of Christians with lots of different stories, but it's not an uncommon story. And um, what a pivotal, strategic yeah. opportunity it is where uh, you're only at UC Davis for two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? You're only, you're only yep. there for two years. Yeah. And the Lord both uh, solidified your faith mm-hmm. and transformed your, your heart in a way that's, that's shaped now the last or seven and counting mm-hmm. as you're committed to that. I mean, b- both for um, students, you know, in state and for international students, right. That are here for the first time out of their countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, usually I'm assuming usually for the first time ever. Uh, yeah. Unless they did like a short like vacation or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. But at least mm-hmm. living yeah. outside yeah. of their country. For the and not time. only that, but uh, the majority of our, our students in Bridges that we found are master's students, mm-hmm. which means that they're not here for a four year undergrad or you know a six seven PhD or yeah, yeah. doctorate or something. <laughs> and so this is really encouraging to hear yeah. because it's like you know our Bridges ministry, yeah. the, like the overturn the turnover, is yeah. like fifty percent mm-hmm. every year because every yeah. two years. By and large, and so yeah. this is enc- this is encouraging me, Steph. <laughs> like those two years this. are long enough. Yeah. You know, there's still work to be done mm-hmm. there. And you know, I mean, you know, it. it uh, I mean, it reminds me. I mean, both of that on a ministry from a ministry standpoint, and from I mean, I'm now a parent, right? With starting to talk about university uh-huh. from the other end, oh, right? Where I'm like not looking back, <laughs> you know, but uh, but but looking forward to it, and. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of different options, whether it's, you know, what's best academically, what's best cost wise, things like that. Like you spend it. And it reminds me that the Lord's doing all this work and orchestrating these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, well, you know, if, if it's not three years or four years, like, is there going to be enough time for like what, yeah. you know, I don't think the Lord's ever short on time. Just look over <laughs> at Steph, man. Yeah. Like, she yeah. turned out great. Yeah, that's right. No, but I, I think that the Lord's never short on time and he loves doing exactly yeah. with 
every pocket, whether it's a two years master's degree, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, a two, two years at an undergrad, whether it's four years at an undergrad mm-hmm. and the work that he's doing, whether it's, you know, I, it takes all sorts of different shapes, Yeah, but, um, but also what a pivotal time and what an important ministry. And this is why I'm so thankful for what you guys are doing that as an extension of the local church, uh, we have opportunities to be engaged with these students in ways mm-hmm. that we otherwise wouldn't. It's yeah. Really exciting. That even makes me think. So earlier this past week, I was uh, reading the Bible with some guys and uh, we were looking at the story of David and Goliath, uh-huh. which is such a just ubiquitous. Everybody knows the story of David and Goliath, even if you're not a Christian, you yeah. know, it's like every sports movie ever, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just such like a, but if you think about it, like that event happened on the other side of the world thousands of years ago, just in some field between like in one battle between one people and another people. Yeah. And yet God like chose to use that because mm-hmm. near, near kind of the end of the story, David even proclaims like right before he kills Goliath, he says, and the world, the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, just God uses like what seemingly like off to the side or maybe it even makes me think of some of the, the sermons the last couple of weeks where... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the foolishness of the world or the foolishness of the church. Mm-hmm. It looks foolish, but <laughs> that is where God loves to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I know you're both in that sense. I mean, we've, we've talked about it a bit, but you're working with different student, different mm-hmm. students in different student populations. What, what are some of the unique dynamics about the parts of the student population each of you are working with? I mean, and part of that's also just added these institutions that are so large, Right? It's not like, oh, we're there to reach 40,000 people, right? <laughs> like I- inevitably the Lord finds these, these, these pockets and things like that of, of students that you're working with. So what are some of the unique dynamics of the student populations you're each year working with? <laughs> Green light. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think I've been encouraged um, with Cal State Long Beach just for different, um, in part like the demographics um, a big part of just where the school is makes it a commuter campus. Mm. Um, and so I think we have had to figure out like, how do we, um, care for these students and how do we host events that are going to cater to some of these students are going to go home and work. They're going to go home to their families, um, have other responsibilities outside of school. Um, and so to have things a little bit earlier in the day so that, Either they're like with us and like staying to like, I'm not going to like brave an hour of traffic right now. Um, Or it's not like late enough to where they're like, I just can't wait around for four hours, Mm -hmm. Um, which would be more typical like. At Davis, we had things starting at eight o'clock at night, and over here because everybody's living there, everybody's, everybody's living, living and everybody's living in the mm-hmm. dorms or on campus or at least right around yep. campus. Yeah, and so it, it's not like a college, small college town feel, mm. um, where some people could live thirty for. I live thirty minutes away, and so yeah. like if students are thirty minutes to an hour away, then they more easily are going to go home. Um, and so I think we've like seen that a little bit more um, as the campus has like opened up to full capacity, um, just how how much of a commuter school it is. And so trying to figure out like, how do we cater to these students? Um, our 
we've, we're not specifically targeting international students, but I think it's also been fun to see just how diverse the Lord has made our group, mm. um, where we have uh, some students from Ghana, we have students from Nigeria, we have students um, who've grown up in Carson, and that's just like their, the life that they know. Um, and so it's been pretty sweet just to see like in the midst of all of this, God is bringing different people who have the capacity to take the gospel out. Mm. Um, despite like, okay, I can't hang out with you until 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so totally. it's been a, it's been a good group, I think. Mm. Has that been a, a learning experience for the ministry or has that always been what ministry at Long Beach looks like? Uh, it's definitely, I think, been a learning experience. So my boss, my campus director uh-huh. has been there for five years. Uh-huh. Um, and so as he was coming in, having to learn these dynamics, mm. um, having to, he was also, it was him and another guy who were um, working on campus, no ladies, no staff women. Mm. Um, so having to figure out both like the women's side of things, like how do we care for ladies well when there's no staff woman mm-hmm. and how do we like cater to the commuter campus? Um, so I think they like a lot of that was figured out as I arrived, mm-hmm. um, the commuter side of things, uh, was pretty like set already, mm. um, where like, it was more of an adjustment for me and my teammate who came yeah, three yeah. years ago. Yeah. From, from your previous experience mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm so encouraged by that though, because I think that by and large, I don't mean statistics, but I'm at least anecdotally, and I'm going to assume that commuter campuses get, don't get the intention attention and investment yeah that more traditional large mm-hmm. college campuses get because of the nature of ministry because of the familiarity and things like that yeah. and so the the commitment and diligence to reach in a way that is um contextualized and not mm-hmm. typical yeah um like opens the door to reaching students that uh there's i'm assuming there's not you know uh three four five large campus ministries on campus, <laughs> like, a, you know, other traditional campuses, which there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. That's ministries like, needed there like too. At the universities yeah. that I'm at, like yeah, yeah, USC yeah. and UCLA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Which mm-hmm. is great, but it's a, it's a unique challenge and one that can oftentimes be like, well, mm-hmm. that's too hard to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, I mean, in the last few years, we've probably, I mean, we've grown, but we've gone from like 10 students who've like been faithful to 25, 30 students who will come around and, and be with us. Wow, and so God. it's definitely like a different feel than like, um, not that you're specifically with crew, but like when we were at UCLA crew is like, Oh, we have 500 students. Like that's not, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Uh, so just a different feel, I think yeah, yeah, in yeah. general. Wow. Well, I'm so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. It's just so exciting to see what the Lord's doing there and, and through that faithfulness and diligence. All right. So, and Spencer, you're working not just at UCLA and USC, but specifically with international students. Mm-hmm. What what are some of the unique dynamics at work yeah. there? Yeah, and I was even going to just say, like, yeah. man, I think it's awesome that that you're working at places like that because that just shows the the power of ministry that it is adaptable. You know, the mm-hmm. message isn't changed. Yeah. The, nope. the goal, you know, see disciples of all nations made yeah. isn't different. But but. Uh, I think that's awesome that you guys are being learning how to how to do that better. Um, 
I, I love the navigators. It's actually, yeah. Uh, navigators has some, uh, puts, I, I have some navigator navigators DNA. I feel like in, in my yeah. spiritual <laughs> faith and a couple tools that are coming to yeah. mind right now and TMS and all, all the rest. Tools, um, a lot of tools. Yeah. <laughs> Both me and Steph are, we're obeying the great commission yep. in Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples of all nations. Um, you know, making disciples and, and even disciple makers in, in in many ways. I mean, that's that's like the bread and butter of yeah. what uh, Navs does. Mm-hmm. And 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 don't over torque this you know this contrast too much because you like you were just saying there is diversity. There mm-hmm. are all nations in that yeah. sense. Um, on the other hand, bridges we are doing that same thing, trying to make disciples of all nations. But I would say the emphasis is on the end, on the all nations, mm. um, and and not even just any nations, but particularly some of the most unreached, difficult mm-hmm. to reach places where, um, you know, in particular, our students, they come from places like East Asia, China, Japan, South Asia, like India or Sri Lanka or Nepal, um, or from like the Middle East, Southeast Asia as well. Um, and they are most commonly, like Scott was saying, this is their first time in the U.S. or maybe second time. Um, they are here most often for a master degree, although there's, there's still thousands of undergrad and, mm-hmm. and also, um, PhD students as well. Um, but, uh, so a lot of our work looks like that evangelism because they have no familiarity, no background to church or the Bible or the gospel at all. Um, or even evangelism or even pre-evangelism, I guess, if you, if you want to call it that, um, you know, we, we get to be some of our students' first impressions of Christianity, of mm-hmm. Jesus, of the Bible. Um, like even I was talking about David and Goliath earlier. There was a couple of guys in that group who didn't, had not heard of David and Goliath, mm-hmm. even though it's yeah. so, such a common um, metaphor, I guess, a uh, common story. Uh, and even in, the other thing with that, those, uh, that pre-evangelism is that we also encounter a lot of misconceptions or negative um conceptions, preconceptions that surround like our faith in their cultures. So a lot of what we're doing is um, not building on like a, an underlying Christian worldview. Uh, at best, we're working at like ground zero. You know, there's, there's nothing to build on. Yeah. And in many ways, there's actually some negative work. There's some undoing that we need to do, whether it's like a different worldview, but, but even like just negative um, understandings or, or incorrect understandings of what um, who Jesus is and who Christians are and mm. what it looks like to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. I mean, I, I think that it's even that concept of pre-evangelism. I think is one that is both really helpful, and I also think that even when you say it, I think that a lot of people are familiar. They're like, oh yeah, sometimes that's what's needed, right? Like yeah. sometimes I'm just dismantling your uh untrue preconceptions um and how much more in when people are coming from a culture or a place where there is literally not only no access to the gospel but not even access to a faithful representation of who jesus is Mm -hmm. or who christians are Mm um yeah so it stretches your faith, you know, because yeah. they start asking questions that you haven't thought about or <laughs> some of the things that you <laughs> just assume yeah. growing up in a Christian, you know, uh, if you grew up in, in the church or even just in America, you know, a couple of decades ago, a lot of our like even cultural assumptions 
Um, so it just makes it like it's it's difficult, but it, it grows your faith in in ways that you don't expect, and it and it also just brings um, a real freshness when you come to mm. stories like David and Goliath. That you know, oh man, I've heard this over and over. Yeah, big guy, little guy, rock in the forehead. <laughs> like I, I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, the the stories just come alive again and in different ways when you get to read it with somebody who has no context mm. for it. Man, I'm so so blessed by that, and so encouraged by the way in which even those conversations strengthen and encourage your faith. Yeah. Right. And then work through. So I, I know I gave you like a list of some preliminary questions just to, so you can think through ahead of time. I, I want to go a little bit off script here. Let's do it. Because as Sounds you guys good. are talking, <laughs> as you guys are talking, one of the things that comes to my, to my mind is Ephesians four eleven, where God talks about how he gave the church. Uh, he says, uh, you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, you mm-hmm. know, to the building up of the body. And, and we, we focus on that a lot about how you know, our, uh, one of our primary jobs as pastors is to equip the saints for the works of ministry. I think that's, that's rooted in there. Um, but I, I've also been thinking recently just about the, both the gifting and role of evangelists in mm-hmm. the local church where just like shepherding or teaching or counseling, there there are these are things that every Christian is called to. Yeah. Right. There are also people that are uniquely gifted and uniquely called to to uh, spend a disproportionate amount of their life and efforts and times in that area. Right. And so, th- and both of those things are true. I think sometimes we want to err on one side or the other, right? Either, oh, that's evangelism is like something evangelists do and the rest of us don't have to. <laughs> for like professional Christians. Yes, exactly. You go to seminary for that. Or evangelism is just the thing all of us do. Mm-hmm. What, what's, what's different about this person? Well, no, no, yeah. it's, it's both. It, it's both something we're all called to do and something that people are uniquely called to do. Um, but one of the things that I think, one of the ways that the church benefits isn't just by getting to see evangelists at work or hear about evangelists at work and be like, I'm so glad somebody's doing that. Clap, 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 clap. Right. Like we're, we're not just, we're, we're not just senders. And they, but mm-hmm. we also by the ministry of evangelists, um, the church is, is further equipped for evangelism. The, the church is further, um, encouraged and exhorted towards evangelism. There's the, they dovetail and work together. I, I, one of the reasons I've, I've thought about this recently is I've, I've thought about it on, um, even just on the pastoral side. Um, anybody who knows him knows that, that Ara is a uniquely gifted and passionate evangelist. Like he is, For sure. that is like the heartbeat is his heartbeat. And I, I see the way that him as an evangelist, and I think a uniquely gifted evangelist, a uniquely called evangelist, as well as a shepherd and pastor. But I see how that shapes and affects those around him, how it shapes mm-hmm. and affects the church. I, I I see how it shapes and affects us <coughs> as other pastors uh, who... It's kind of contagious. It is. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, I, and I think that's part Maybe of Maybe I how... shouldn't use that word post <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You can't help but kind of be drawn in in some yeah. way. You can't. And so all that to say, that, that's a big setup, but I, <laughs> I want to... It's going to be a big question now. No, but I, I would love to hear how you hope the church will be continually shaped and equipped for evangelism in all of their spheres mm-hmm. as those who are uniquely 
gifted and called to the work of evangelism um, vocationally at this at this point in your life and ministry? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think even that's something that like for our students this year, like a big hope that we have not just as Cal State Long Beach navigators, but we've talked about it uh, regionally. Um, that how do we encourage our students to not just think about like uh, we kind of distinguish a little bit between the two, but like cold turkey evangelism, mm. um, which we do like very like almost 24 seven for the first two weeks of school. Mm. Like we, I, I don't know if we, recruit freshmen or die is like <laughs> the kind of mindset. Sure. Like if, if we don't um, recruit students at the beginning of the year, um, then it almost kind of seems very hard to pull them away from like, they're like entrenched in school. They're maybe starting different clubs, sports clubs, other ministries, like, you're like set already in what you want to do for the rest of the semester after the first month or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we do a lot of cold Turkey evangelism, quote unquote, where it's just like, Hey, I'm going to stop you. Can I share the gospel with you for five minutes? I got like a shirt or a water bottle or something um, (laughs) just to like get them to stop. Uh, And they hear the gospel. So for, we probably had about 600 students that we talked to in the first two weeks of school um, getting to share um, using the bridge navigators Romans six twenty three. <laughs> yep, I know it. <laughs> um, just to get them to like know what the gospel is, um, but then to help our students kind of shift their mindset of, hey, like it doesn't just stop there. Um, really, what we want is to help equip them to be able to do relational evangelism where. Who is the student who's sitting next to you in class Mm. that you're seeing every single week on numerous occasions that you can be intentional with and share your faith and share what you're learning and not hide um, behind like, oh, yeah, I went to church or I'm part of the navigators. And we talk about these things um, to get almost kind of that like ground building of I want to build a relationship with you so that there's trust. Mm. But so also that I can share the gospel with you and help you know Jesus and God who's going to be like so much better and like far worth more than anything that you can give yourself to in college. Mm. Um, And so thinking about even just for like the church, like relational evangelism should be less scary than thinking about like, I'm going to go stand. Talk to a stranger and (laughs) try to. Catch try to get them to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so to think about like, I have a lot of people around me that need to know the gospel. I have family members. I have friends and and community members who, neighbors who don't know Jesus. Mm. Um, and so how do I invest in those relationships yeah. with the hope of sharing the gospel? Okay. So I, I've got a quick follow-up question for yeah. you. Uh, Steph, I want you to imagine Someone on a Sunday morning, like you're sitting next to them and they turn to you and say, you know what? I, I feel like you're somebody I could ask, how, how should evangelism be a part of my life? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I'm, I feel like I should probably share Jesus, but it's kind of awkward. Like, I don't know how to bring it up. If someone like gave you the softball <laughs> so in the church was like, how should, how should evangelism be a part of my life? How, what would you tell them? who there's like an inkling, right. For like, I should do this. Mm -hmm. Like 
who would you want to share that with? Like, mm. who's already like in your life that you know and say like, do they know Jesus? Mm. Are are they like a believer? Do they have questions? Like, think about those people and mm. like ask them to go get coffee. Mm. Ask them to come with you to the grocery store and like those like natural um, places and things that people do all the time that you have an opportunity to then ask the harder questions of both like life and faith where you are like you're in a normal, more normal environment, I Mm -hmm. guess I could say, than church members going to college campus just because like that's where I can turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, So why are you on campus again? (laughs) (laughs) I just happened across this, you know, box of shirts and I thought I'd hand them out. I'm just going to hand them out. Um, but it's it's a nat like it's just a natural mm. question, right? To think about who are you around, mm. um, and like why not start there? Mm. I I, love, I think that's so encouraging, Steph. And it's um, what I love about it is I think sometimes the concept of evangelism mm-hmm. is really scary, scary. for <laughs> I mean, for for college students, yep. for average church members, for anybody, for everybody, yeah. for me and, and Steph. Yeah, sometimes exactly. I may or may not still have to go to the bathroom. Sometimes before the cold turkey stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but I, but the the way you describe it, again, like what I I, I love hearing it that way because you're like, oh, I I could do that. Yeah, and like I can I can take an intentional step in that. I direction. can say hi to my neighbor. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 with intentionality, right? Not mm-hmm. just being present, but being like, I I really do want to share the gospel with you. I really want to look for opportunities yeah. to to open that door. Um, okay. So Spencer, I, I'd love for you to hear you share a little bit about how you hope that um, the existence of evangelists in the church might influence or give the church as a whole a vision for what sharing the gospel and evangelism can look like in their lives or why why it sh- even should be yeah. a um, part of their life. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is one of the things that I love about Cornerstone is that it's it's uh, built by its members. You know, one of the things that the pastors were, I heard multiple times as we were going through the, you know, intro to Cornerstone classes was, hey, Cornerstone was this way and then you joined it. And so now it's different. Hmm. And um, man, what is Cornerstone about? It's about the the heart of Cornerstone is the heart of its members. Hmm. And so I think the value of a, a of a, you know, quote evangelists or somebody who has a special calling is, is it, it brings, it, it shows, um, God's heart for that thing. Just like we have people who have a heart for, um, disability and a mm-hmm. heart for counseling and a heart for, you know, all these things. Um, man, if it's, if it's in the Bible and the heart of God, then having somebody in our church, a, an evangelist with a special calling is going to help the entire church more fully follow that command, because like you're even saying, there there are special callings for for people who, to be evangelists, but the the command to be to evangel to to evangelize is is universal for all Christians. Yeah. Um, the Great Commission is for everybody. Yeah, yeah. the Great Commission is not just for you know <laughs> Steph yeah, and I over yeah, here. Yeah. Like we need a lot of help, you know. <laughs> and um, I, I I think uh, what Steph was saying was was really gold because she's like. Man, cold turkey evangelism is is hard, but it's valuable 
not only just because like we know people do come to faith yeah. like they've never heard the gospel and cold turkey they heard it once and they're like that's exactly what i want you know um for a lot of people it takes you know five six seven eight times you know um but i think what another big value of that cold turkey is is it just gives people some of those specific tools you know like how do I share the gospel? Like I, 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 I've heard like a 45 minute sermon and like, I know the gospel was in there, but I, I don't have time to like memorize and then say that. So like, I think some of those cold Turkey things, um, just helping people have like tools that they can put in their tool belt to like, Mm -hmm. but, but then the other thing you said of just like relational evangelism makes me think of, uh, the sermon that I think Matt preached, um, uh, a year ago, or it was part of the missional hospitality. And yep. it was, Hey, well, I'm not asking you, you know, to add in another two hours in your week called evangelism. Mm. <laughs> it was look around you, you know, who, who in your life has God placed there who don't, doesn't know Jesus, but they know you mm-hmm. and you know, Jesus and, um, just helping the church move in that way. Mm. Um, so I think there's like a balance between like, here's a bunch of programming, you know, here's like the Bridges event to come to to share the gospel <laughs> because it should just like become a growing heart desire. Um, but some of those tools and those specific things, like go with Steph, she could, yeah. she could teach you how to share the gospel. You know? Well, so this is, I, this question is probably unfair because a part of this is collecting tools that the Lord uses in, you know. It, different things in different ways, right? And with different people. But similarly, if if a church member turned to you, somebody in the church turned to you Sunday morning and was like, hey, I'm so glad I got to sit next to you. I, I really want to share the gospel with my coworker. <laughs> How do I start? Like, what what do I tell them? Like, I... I feel like I just want them to talk to you or like come listen to a sermon. But, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> right? Like, what 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 would... How would you point or instruct or uh, encourage them? Well, they don't have to do it alone. Mm. I mean, I can come along with you if you yeah, want, yeah. or, you yeah. know, yeah. I don't know if yeah. I can get into your building or whatever. Yeah. It work, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the, my favorite things, especially for our students, cause they have no context. And so it's like, yeah, I'm meeting with them. They come to bridges, they meet other Christians there, but then I invite them to church or um, some different things. Um, I think also in that case, it's, it's pretty awesome because for me, I, uh, it wasn't that I like felt the gift of evangelism and then I felt like God called me into it. Man, I just, I'm reading the same Bible as, as the rest of you. And I just saw that this is a calling on all Christians' lives. And that was actually a desire that like had to be cultivated for me. And so uh, in this scenario, having somebody just come up to me and say <laughs> like, I want to share the gospel. How do I do, do that? It? Yeah. Um, I think uh, there, again, there's a couple of tools that I could like, that just make it really simple. Just mm-hmm. that way you feel like, you know, you can guide a conversation or feel like, okay, I did it. I actually shared the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the best ways to start is to be a, become a good question asker mm-hmm. to, um, because you could share the gospel in a tool, a cookie cutter way, but, um, what, but you want to be able to share it in a relevant way, in a nuanced way, in a personal way. Mm. And so honestly, if somebody was like, hey, can you share the gospel with me? I could do it like mm-hmm. using, I could just pull out, yeah, yeah. oh, here's my favorite tool of the week <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But I'd be much more apt to say, well, what's your spiritual background? Or like, have you ever been to church? Or, 
Um, what are your spiritual beliefs or what spiritual beliefs did you grow up with? Like, do you still carry those with you or did they change? Or, mm. um, I think starting with, um, what does spirituality look like in their life, starting where they're at, mm. yeah. then you can like think, look back in your tool box or whatever. And like, Oh, this tool kind of connects to that. Yeah. And you can share the gospel that way. Uh, the other, the other thing would be, um, learn your own story too. Mm. Like you're asking questions and, hey, what does faith look like in your life? Oh, you have a hard time trusting God because of this event in your past or, um, man, you're in a hard time in your life and you really need patience or wisdom or hope. And then that opens up where it's like, actually, I, there was a time in my life when I was mm-hmm. in that similar place where I needed hope and I didn't feel like I had any or, um, man, I was feeling really angry and frustrated and stuck and... um but then like I met Jesus or I read this verse and, and those are ways where you can, you can learn where they're at and then speak into it from, from your own experience and connect mm-hmm. them to Jesus, just like you've been connected to Jesus. Mm. That's so good. So good. I think so helpful. So empowering. Yeah. Um, Thanks, thanks for letting me take that detour. I, I appreciate, I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate both of you guys. I mean, I know these, and I, I, but I also know these are the things that you're talking about with your students, with your yep. volunteers, with your staff members, you're discussing yourself like constantly, right? I think it's really helpful for us as a church to even get to enter into that for a moment. Um, and it's okay. You're it. not going to like, oh man, after, you know, at, yeah. this still happens to me. Like after every time I have like a good gospel conversation, I get back in my car and I'm like, oh, that's I what I should have said. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been perfect. I have those conversations with Jason where I'm like, oh, yeah. this happened and it was so good. And he's like, you, you could have said this too. And I was like, Oh, that's so good. <laughs> not helpful, Jason. Yeah, not helpful. Now the conversation's over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But you can uh, have another conversation. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, like yeah. that's what's what's great. Like, yes, we should have a high view of evangelism. Like it is a special thing that we get to do. Mm-hmm. But man, it's really God's work. Mm. And so you're just give your two cents, give your best shot. And, mm. you know, God's going to yeah. multiply it. And being faithful with people, right? Like you guys you have that, we have that, like we're seeing people every single week and we're in people's lives and and we're seeing them consistently enough to be able to ask these questions and to be able to like continue to poke like, okay, like where are you at in your walk now? Like what questions Mm -hmm. do you have about God now? And to like keep those conversations going where it's not just like a, okay, I shared the gospel with them once and they said no, so I'm, I'm leaving it there. Mm -hmm. Um, But just like a continual, like, just as you continue the relationship to continue to bring it back to mm. who God is and what the gospel is. Mm-hmm. That's so great. I think so helpful. I think it's something we can actually do. Yeah. Can I, can I turn this question around sure. on you, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> that, that look. Um, you know, we got to give our, our two cents. We're running out of time. Oh, no, no. Oh, what's that? What, okay, what, what question? Well, turn it around. I mean, same, same question back to you. Man, what, what if somebody says, Scott, you're a pastor. Yeah. You know all the answers. <laughs> meet with my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, please. Would you just meet with my friend? I mean, you know what's you know it's really interesting. I uh, resonate with so much of what you both said. I think it's both helpful for me. It's it's. I I think that in um, <clears throat> I really resonate with what you said about just being a good question asker. I think that sometimes we overemphasize the presentation, mm-hmm. where I think the product of good question asking becomes that the presentation becomes obvious. Mm -hmm. Like if you know the gospel, 
and you know a person well enough, you're you're gonna see how the two connect to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also compelled by, and even just the intentionality of your roles and your calling them, I'm compelled or maybe challenged by the fact that I think sometimes I can do so much question asking and even maybe encourage others to be like, oh, just, just, you, you, you'll know the time is right. I think when you leave it up to that, yeah. the never, the time never feels right. Right. Yeah. Right. You never like feel comfortable. Oh, this won't like, be awkward. Never, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, into. yeah. You never mm-hmm. like, ultimately you have to step into the awkwardness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, like you can ask questions all you want. And that knowledge is really important and really foundational, but it's also not, it, it doesn't get you beyond awkwardness. It doesn't get you beyond yeah. the fact that I'm presenting you a message that without faith in Christ condemns you and shows you your need for Christ and the gloriousness of his grace. And, um, and so I think that the, the both confidence and, and willingness to step into that um, is a really important piece and important component as well. And I think that's where even the practice of cold call evangelism, which I think lots of people, maybe they did it in college and they haven't done it for years and years, but like and they have a bad taste. From yeah, it exactly. yeah. But, but, but if you haven't like crossed that threshold mm-hmm. in years, if you haven't crossed that threshold in months and shared the gospel with somebody, if you haven't crossed that threshold in weeks, and this is why I'm thinking even in my own life, like, is that really just because there's more questions to ask, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or is it because I, I'm hesitating yeah. in the places where the Lord's called all of us to, uh, not just relational presence, but relational evangelism, mm-hmm. right? To the actual sharing, the proclaiming of the, as Reggie talked about this morning, foolishness of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I was, um, I'm so thankful to hear you guys. We so. I did take up most of our time doing this, <laughs> so uh, which I I actually think is really important. It's so helpful to hear your hearts in this, and I think the church is really edified by it. I, maybe as one wrap up mm-hmm. question to to focus back on your individual ministries and context, um, what's been going on unique this year as we start, and how in light of that can we be praying for you and your ministries? That was a full-on yellow light. A back-and-forth yellow light is exactly what that was. That was a double yellow light. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, Spencer. Oh, man. It's probably good that I go first because I'll use less words. I'll, I'll think of less things. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, man, there's a, there's a couple things that um, are unique this year. I think we were really encouraged that, you know, last year was so different because we were back in person. And this year we were encouraged because we saw similar turnout at the beginning of the semester. Yeah. Um, the difference that I'm starting to see are some of these trends that may maybe even started before COVID, but COVID either accelerated them or it just like jumped forward. Um, one is that we, in our ministry specifically, we're seeing more Indians and less Chinese. Hmm. It used to be about 50-50 or even more Chinese, but... Um, so that's just one trend. Um, I think COVID and just politics has a big to do with that. Um, I think also we are fully on into Gen Z on campus. 
Um, <laughs> it's not coming. It's not, you know, here in a small way. Like we are yeah. both feet in at this point. And um, I think, uh, I think, um, you know, just as we're seeing less Chinese and in some ways, I think we're seeing the, the door kind of close um, in that way, but God's opening other doors where places like in the Middle East or um, even specific countries, like I'm thinking of Saudi or, or Iran, um, Ara would tell you the same. Like we're just seeing things today that were not true 10 years ago. And there's opportunities today that, you know, different opportunities. Yeah. There was opportunities 10 years ago that we're not seeing as much of today. Yeah. And there's opportunities that were today that we're not seeing as much. Um, 10, 10 years ago. Um, I think for us right now, where, where our movements are with Bridges, we've been able to gather students. And now the, the, the thing that we want to strengthen is, is moving just a friendship into a, that spiritual conversation and not just having them come to a social Bridges event where they meet other Americans and international students, but for them to meet other Christians. Um, and, uh, the, the way like one of my teammates put it is that we've been able to gather the lost. Now we just need to bring the witness to them. And so I think that's one of the things that uh, Cornerstone can be praying about, or you could be the answer to your own prayer in this um, <laughs> and come volunteer uh-huh. um, uh, with us is, um, man, we're just looking for ways to, we found the students. We know where they are there. We've even gathered them. Um, but now it's, it's like, well, where's, where's the witness we need. Yeah. We need more witness. And I, that's so exciting to me. I think both something we can continue to be praying for as a church. And I, I would just underscore that. I think for anybody who's like, ah, like can I have a burden? I, I would have a desire to be able to share the gospel with um, people from other countries that haven't ever heard the gospel before. Like we have opportunities to do that teed up, like ready to go. Uh, just, yeah. Just connecting with, with Spencer. I mean, it's, uh, you don't have to fly across the world. You don't. Yeah. And that's exactly what, like, I get really, I, I'm sitting in my seat here, like, kind of buzzing on this because I'm excited about it because that is what yeah. I've been like hoping and yeah. praying for that bridges would be. And uh, whether it's like a Monday night at USC or Friday night at UCLA or um, probably our biggest thing right now to put, to put on your, the listener radar is uh, we do a Thanksgiving pairing every year where we're not asking you to do a totally separate meal, uh, but just put an extra chair or two at your family's or your friend's Thanksgiving celebration and and host a couple of these international students mm. who've never, you know, they've they've never celebrated the American holiday of Thanksgiving yeah. Yeah. in a local LA home. Mm. It's just a simple way for us to be good hosts. I mean, they're here. Yeah. We are hosting them. Yeah. It's just a question of, are we going to be good hosts? And uh, you can try out some of those things like, learning to ask good questions or, um, you know, maybe you don't share the whole gospel. Maybe you only share a piece of it, but, um, that, that for me is probably the biggest, Mm. um, opportunity outside of like the weekly rhythms that we have. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks, man. What what about for you, Steph? Yeah. I think unique for us this year, um, Cal State Long Beach actually opened back up in like phases um, and so the first year that we were on campus, there was only about a third of the student population on campus. Mm. Um, and now we are at a hundred percent capacity. Um, and so the campus has been more full, 
um, with people than we have seen in the past years. Um, and so that's been pretty interesting to navigate just with like, again, Gen Z culture, um, the different needs that the students are bringing. Um, I feel like specifically the last couple of months, just running up against like, um, hearing more from students, like this is like what my needs are. And if they're not, I think inherently in all of us, but like, these are, this is what my needs are. And if those are not met, then I'm, I, I don't want this. Mm. Um, and so trying to navigate that, um, what feels like more and more now, um, with just like, yeah, like you can have what you want and you can do what you want and like take care of yourself. Uh, and that kind of takes priority. So trying to like shift that focus, um, even trying to help some of our students who have been believers for a while, um, shift their focus outward instead of just inward, like, um, part of this relational evangelism, but also like there are people around you who are in need and it's not just all about what you want. Um, and so I don't know, maybe some parents can relate with that, <laughs> but, um, it's currently where we're at. If we're honest, some of us parents can relate with feeling that way. Yeah. So that's, it's okay, too. It's okay, too. It's, it's a pretty universal. I mean, there's, that, that's definitely, yeah. there's definitely a generational dynamic that goes on, but it, yeah. it just manifests yeah. itself in different ways <laughs> generationally. Yeah. yeah. And so, and and I think currently both with like students within our ministry and just the, the student population, I think is something that we're seeing. Um, an, an upside has been, this is the first year where there's two more staff women on our team. Hey, um, right. so now awesome. there's three of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's been pretty sweet just to see, like, um, I think feel like a little bit of relief of like, yeah, there's like more women around me to be able to like care and help the ladies who are in our ministry. Yeah. Um, so that's been pretty sweet to see and, they have loads more energy than I do um, and are closer to Long Beach. So that's fun to see that they're uh, able to do more with students. Mm. Um, and if you guys could just be praying for our team in terms of um, endurance and um, just strength to be able to like keep up with everyone mm. and all of the changes and different dynamics with the student uh, government and the way that campus itself wants things to be held mm. in order. So, mm. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank, thanks so much. Thanks for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the opportunity to be, to both be involved and to be praying for each of you and your ministries and um, all these students that yeah. your ministries are engaging with. It's really exciting. I, I just encourage, if you're listening to, to take some time uh, this week to also be praying for all these students, for that the gospel would go out, that the Lord would um, draw people to himself and, uh, through these efforts and we get to see and rejoice in the, the answers of those prayers. And, um, and thanks for taking the time to share a little bit, allow us to be sharpened from your, um, evangelistic focuses and how that, uh, I think just reminds us all of the call back to that in, in each one of our lives. So I really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing what you're doing. And uh, thank you all for listening. Hope this has been a much of, as much of a blessing for you as it's been for me. We love you and we'll see you on Sunday. 